is for men to rise up and give leadership in the homes. And over these uh, last decade or so, we've seen a tremendous erosion in what's been happening in families and tremendous breakdown of families. And one of the things is the remedy, I believe, if not the key remedy, is for a new generation of men to stand up and dare to be different. And uh, I want to share just a few things. We're going to show another little video clip just shortly. It's a clip just taken out of a movie. And uh, it's, uh, we've just put it together for you to just stir you about a man who took seriously his role as a father. And I want to just share with you several characteristics of, of great men, great fathers. When we look in the Bible, this is an interesting thing that Jesus said. Uh, we, he said this. He said, because the guys around him all asked, he said, well, show us the father. It's God as a father. And he said, don't you realize if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. Because the father in me is doing the works. So if you want to see what God is like, if you want to see what a real father is like, then what you do is have a look at me. What I want to do is just pick up about 10 traits. I'm not going to develop them too much, but there's many traits, I guess, make a great man and a great father. But these are some that I think are, are quite important. And they're definitely some that you'll see, as I show the clip just afterwards, you'll see them come forth and they're, they're a part of this man and, and what he's like. So I want to just listen for you and just uh, share each one with you. I won't share a lot of scriptures and things, but just, just share each one with you, just how they impact. Number one, a great dad or a great father. One of the things they do is they carry a dream for the next generation. See, a lot of people just live for themselves. If you're going to be a great dad, you have to carry a dream in your heart of what your kids can be, or what the kids could come to be. And if you're going to carry a dream in your heart, you've got to talk about that. One of the great challenges that we have is to speak into the lives of our children and put a vision in their life of what they could be because we're living in a generation that's without hope. When we have a look at the life of Jesus, we find uh, when you see him, he never naturally fathered, but he was a spiritual father because he raised up 12 young men and put vision and faith in them and put a destiny in them and they changed the world. And that's fathering. Anyone can just, through a physical act of sexual intercourse, bring forth a child. But to be a father, you've got to impart life into your children. And so one of the things I believe is the key of a great father is carrying a dream for your children and then talking to them and helping them begin to realize the greatness and the potential that lies inside them. We find that with Jesus, uh, where you see him uh, with different ones. He looked at the harvest and he saw the tremendous harvest, the tremendous needs in society, and he inspired 12 young men to stand up and dare to make a difference. That's imparting a vision into their lives. What a great thing if dads here could begin to see that their children could really become something and you would speak that into their life. You know, children and young people need men to speak into them and believe in them and to talk what potential is in their life. I wouldn't be here where I am if there wasn't a person who came into my life. And he wasn't my father, natural father, but he was like a spiritual father for a season. And he believed and spoke into my life things that I could be. People need someone to speak into their life, carry a dream. Here's the second thing, that a good father, a real father, protects their family from potential dangers. We find that in uh, Jesus' life. You see him speaking into his disciples and warning them of things that could take away from them their destiny, the call that God had placed on their life. He warned them in several times about different things, different issues, different prevailing attitudes. And so a good father sees potential harm for their kids and heads it off. You know, many times it's uh, in 
uh, we've found in our family life over the years, we've had to watch the, the, the ones that were their friends, the influences that were coming around them. Sometimes we've had to stand up and speak out and begin to warn them what would happen or what could happen if they go down that path. And so a real dad, as she's able to see potential danger, young people don't see the risks and they don't see the consequences of some of the things they're doing. But a real dad is involved enough with their kids, he can see what's going on and speak into them and warn them and head things off before they really become a problem in their life. Here's another thing that a real father does. Places family life and values ahead of making money or material things. It's not, not that we don't need money, it's not that we don't need material things, it's the priority you place on them. So a real dad places a priority on building family life. You find a situation in Jesus' life where someone came and he's having a row with his brother over money and the guy's appealing to Jesus to speak up and get help, to help him get his money, get his inheritance. And Jesus points out very clearly, he said, I'm not going to get involved in the situation. And he warned him about the love of money, how it would destroy all relationships. And so a real dad places value on being involved with his family. Over the years, one thing I did was every, uh, every week I ensured that I had time, even though I had two jobs, was working very hard, working long hours, had an appointment with my sons and daughters, had a special time set aside for them to talk. We had an evening when we built family life. And even to this day, we love gathering together and doing things that build family life. You've got to place family life and building family relationships and building character ahead of money. So we didn't buy lots of stuff. What we did was put money into experiences, into life shared together, because that's things that people remember all of their life. Here's another characteristic of a great dad. Embraces the role and responsibility of a father wholeheartedly. Embraces the role wholeheartedly. Children are not a burden. They're a great joy and a great delight, but you've got to embrace them as, uh, as your future. What will you leave as a legacy in the nation? A house? A business? A lot of money? What are you going to leave? What, what will your legacy be? Say, will it be lives changed? Or will it be that you raised some children and they went further than you went because you put something of value in them? We find in, Jesus, in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying, and he talks there about he took seriously his discipling these young men as though it was a personal responsibility from God in heaven. And he said, I have kept them. I've been an example to them. I've spoken to their lives, the thing you gave me. And he said, I have kept them. You see, he, he took seriously the responsibility to shepherd and to father 12 young men. Tremendous thing. And uh, so fathering is a spiritual activity. It's not just something natural, just that you have kids. It's actually that you decide to embrace the role of a father and invest something in the next generation. It's never too late, never too hard. It's always possible to make changes. Here's nothing about a great dad, not afraid to confront issues. Not afraid to confront issues. And uh, what you see in Jesus' life, the disciples are all having an argument about who'd be the greatest. And Jesus just confronted them straight out. He just got straight in their face. When they had wrong attitudes, he stood straight up to them and spoke out. A lot of dads today are, are silent. They're not speaking out. They're not speaking up. But you see, to be a great dad, you've got to speak up. You've got to confront things. In, in all of our children's lives, at some point, we had to confront issues. And many times people won't confront because they don't feel confident. They don't feel empowered. But God gave you the responsibility to raise them, not to let the world shape them, but you shape them. You shape them, put your hand on them, put your mark on them. They've already got your DNA in them, so you speak in and begin to shape their values, shape their thinking. There are good, there's good and there's bad, there's right and there's wrong, so don't be afraid to stand up for what's right and confront what's wrong. 
Today there's too many parents are not willing to stand up to and confront issues in their sons and daughters that are potentially going to take them off the rails and cause their life to, be, uh, to go downhill or to go off the track. So we've got to be willing to confront issues. Many times we've had to confront issues with our children, had to make stands on certain things, and uh, at a, quite a personal cost, because inside you have this uncertainty and fear what, resp- what response is going to be when you make a stand. But a, a father, a real father, will make a stand regardless of how the person responds. We've got to be willing to do that. I've seen in our community here too many parents are unwilling to face their kids up and face them and hold them to account because they're afraid of the reaction that will come or afraid the kids will reject them. Listen, we're here to actually impart values in life to them, not to be controlled by them. So God calls men to stand up and be men, to face issues, call things what they are, talk into your children. So here's another thing that is a great man or a great father. He speaks into the heart of his children, speaks into the heart of his children calls forth their identity. And uh, one of the things you see with Jesus, he, like he, he, when, when he first met Simon, he said, Simon, I'm calling you Peter because I see in you the potential to be a man that others are going to look to and lean on. You're going to build for me. You're going to build something that will last thousands of years. So Simon means one reed, one who's wavering this way and that way. Peter means a rock. So what you see Jesus did was he said, I see your nature and your life. And, I'm, and he spoke into his heart things to do with his destiny. More than once he did that. He said, Simon, he said, you're, he, he called him Peter, the rock. Now, one of the things young people need is someone to see in them what could be and call it into being. And many parents are just very disconnected from what's really happening in their children's life and don't sort of see what they could be. When, when one of our children was very young, we could see teacher written all over this one. And so we began to work on that and call that into being. We began to pray over those areas. Well, think about this. See, a father is an imparter of life, that, that your child takes your name. See, so name identifies who you are. So one of the key things a father does is puts identity into their sons and daughters. They speak into them who they are. Do you notice just naturally the progression of development of a child is that they're strongly bonded to the mother when they're young and then gradually as they go through teens, naturally they draw to their dad. What they're looking for is identity. This is who you are. And I love you and value you and I believe in you. So you find even Jesus when he was being baptized and launched into his public ministry, God spoke from heaven and said, you're my son. I'm pleased with you. So you find it right through the Bible that men who are great fathers spoken to their sons, spoken identity, spoken and reminded them who they are. See, the world devalues young people. The world manipulates and puts all kinds of pressures on them, but, but it needs a father to speak, and this is who you are. Don't you forget who you are. See, the trouble is we forget who we are, and then we look around us for people around us to, to affirm for us who we are. And that's why a lot of teens are caught up and they're looking for people around them to give them identity when that's a dad's role. It's not the crowd's role to define who you are. It's a dad's role to speak into your life and you to listen and begin to identify, I'm a child of God and I'm called into this world for a purpose. Purposelessness is one of the great tragedies of this generation. It's going to take some fathers to stand up and believe that their sons, their daughters can rise up and go further than they can. But they've got to speak. You've got to say words. You've got to talk. You have to talk. You have to say words. 
Here's another thing about, uh, about great dads. They believe the best when things go wrong. Anyone can see things go wrong. One of the things I love about Jesus, he, he saw Peter, and Peter's sort of saying, man, you know, Jesus, I'm going to really follow you. You know, Don't worry about all the others. If they fall away, you can rely on me. And he saw that kind of bravado of a young, uh, of a young person thinking they can really do it. And Jesus said, listen, I know what you're going to really do. I know that you're going to really, when the pressure comes on, you're going to totally deny me and, 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 and say to people, you never, ever knew me. But he said, nevertheless, I have prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. And when you turned around, you're going to stand up and you're going to work and convert all your brothers. You see? So he, he, he actually believed in him. And it's interesting to see when Jesus came to address this massive failure by Peter, he just offered him a meal, helped him catch some fish, and then he said, do you love me? Well, I haven't changed in my purpose. The mission's still there. Go for it and make disciples of all nations. Think about that. So now, see, that's a true father, you see. He knows the son's failed. He's not unaware that he has, he's failed. He's aware he's failed, but he still believes in him. See, love believes in people. You need someone to believe in you, and especially you need someone to believe in you when you're messed up. And a real father still believes in you. God still believes in us. See, he still loves us and believes the very best about us. A lot of people, their, their concept is, you know, if you blow it, then it's all over for you. But not so with God. And Jesus showed that even with people, even people make mistakes. It's God can turn the mistake around, get you back up. So as a real, a real father doesn't ignore the mistakes, doesn't ignore the failures, but is able to actually help the son or daughter get up and get going again. Come on, you can do it. Get up again. You know, the day a young man or young woman comes home and their world's fallen over and they feel they're a failure... What a great thing for a dad to speak in. It's okay. Hey, this is what happened to me, and this is how I got through it. You can get through that too. I know you can. You got it in you. You're better than that. See, words that impart life, impart life. They speak in, and, and, and young people thrive on the words. The words of a dad are powerful to impart confidence and strength to go out. When you can go home, and there's a dad there that will speak into your words. I tell you, you can go out. And you can know that you've got someone behind you who believes in you. And so we see how Jesus, how real father, he fathered these young men. I think it's fantastic what he did. Believes the best when it goes wrong. Here's the, here's, here's the last one, number eight. You're not ashamed to express love openly. Real dad's not ashamed to express love. Not ashamed to express love. Jesus expressed his love. When he went to the funeral of his friend, he wept openly. Didn't, he didn't want the tough Clint Eastwood type that no tears. He actually was quite passionate. Passionate about everything he did. And so when he, he, he encountered a situation where his emotions were in, he, he wept openly. And the Bible tells of another place where one of the disciples uh, actually rested on his, on his chest. There was a bond. He wasn't ashamed to put his arm around his young men and hug them. He wasn't ashamed to show them he loved them. He wasn't ashamed to express and communicate love. You know, a lot of men are unable to do that or unwilling to do that. But, you know, one of the great things is for you, one of the greatest things you can hear in your life is your father say, you're my son, I love you. See, that happened at Jesus' baptism. Father said, I love you. I love you. Jesus said continually, you know, as the father loves me, I love you also. And he communicated he loved me. So it's a great thing if we can actually express Dads, why don't you start to think about expressing? Now, maybe you say, well, you know, I never had that in my family. Well, listen, I didn't either. But, but I've, I've actually looked at what was hurtful and painful 
released and forgave and made decision I could build different in my life. And so our family is very expressive, uh, expresses words, expresses feelings, expresses love very openly, very passionately. And why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't you be able to hug your sons and hug your daughters? And nothing wrong, it's a great thing. See? Great thing. Why not? You see, so we've got to see, Jesus did it. He expressed love because that's what God is like. God's a great father. I want to share with you a clip and uh, these characteristics. I'll just go back through them again and you'll see these characteristics shown in this guy in this clip. I'll explain what the clip's back in a moment. I want you just to look for these characteristics and uh, a father that carries a dream that his son will go further than he did. Father that uh, sees danger and protects his son. Father that places mo- uh, family life ahead of the pursuit of money. Father that embraced his role of fatherhood. Father wasn't afraid to confront when it was really difficult and threatening. Father that spoke into the heart of a son. Father believed the best when things went wrong. Father not ashamed to express his love. You'll see it all in five minutes in a clip. clip I want to show you is taken out of a movie called Blood Diamond. And uh, just for those who haven't seen it, uh, we've had to just condense down to five minutes. And uh, so I'll just tell you quickly what the story is. It's a story of an African man who's uh, living in Sierra Leone. And uh, what happens is his son is taken captured. He's captured by rebels. And the rebels brainwash the son, and he forgets who he is. He forgets his identity. He forgets what kind of person he is. And he begins to do things which are very, very evil. And the father makes it his passionate pursuit to reach out and find his son and restore him to relationship. And you'll see in this a tremendous picture what the gospel is about. I'll show it to you just in the last as we finish up after this. So I want, to watch, I want you just to watch the clip. we just put a few scenes together out of it. And you'll see this man with a, a passion for his son and believing in what this young man could be. So let's just put the lights out and just put it up. Yeah, in my belly. English boys don't go to school every day. Follow me. Shallow bena. Kebi wote a dokite. Bema nye bobo mukho horse yagina. Hije, hije. Kebi kuba nye loeji. Balengi ma. Atolobu amavono. Bima ngbe pima o. Oh. Teachers say this country was founded as a utopia. Do you know what that word means, Papa? Uh-uh. Well, she says someday when the war is over, our world will be a paradise. And all this you learn in one day? Mm-hmm. And math and science. Oh, this is too much learning. Tomorrow you will stay home and mend the net, yes? No, Papa! What? Well, so now you want to go to school every day?
They took him. Okay, well. Don't you move. Don't you move, huh? My son is there. Your son is gone. Huh? He's alive. Gone. He's alive. He's there with those crazy people. I am his father. His father should have protected him. I must go find him. I cannot live without knowing. You shoot me if you want, but I'm going. But it doesn't matter. I'm dead already. Have you got it, huh? Yes, got it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Solomon. What are you doing? Dia! Nyangbe! Nyangbe! What are you doing? Bela Diavanti of the Proud Mende tribe. You are a good boy who loves soccer and school. Your mother loves you so much. She waits by the fire making plantains and red palm oil stew with your sister yonder. And the new baby. The cows wait for you. And Babu, the wild dog who wants no one but you. Hmm? I know they made you do bad things, but you're not a bad boy. I am your father, who loves you. And you will come home with me and be my son again. In the story, the young boy had been taken captive and had forgotten who he was and where his home was and who his father was. And this is a tremendous picture for us, this, this last part of the story, of just what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about. The Bible tells us that God made man in his own image. He created us to be a family in the earth, to carry his identity, to carry his nature, what he's like, the Bible tells us that man turned against God and was captured virtually by the devil. 
And we find people doing things that we should never be doing because we were never called to do that. We were never designed to do that. We're designed to be godly people. We're designed with the kingdom of God in our heart. We're designed with God's ways inside us. And so people find themselves and they can't remember who they are or where they're from. And so God sent Jesus Christ into this world. He sent him into the world to to come and seek and save those who are lost. When Jesus came in, he came to remind us what God is like. He came to remind us that we're actually children of God and need to be restored. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus went to the cross, he died, he laid his life down for us, that we could be free from the rebel forces of darkness that hold our lives in bondage to hate and bitterness and anger and envy and all kinds of things. God's heart is that you be restored to him. So the Bible says, for God so loved this world, he so loved you, he so loved you, that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to come into this world to look for you, to lay his life down for you, that you might come back into relationship with God by an act of decision to believe and trust Christ. So the Bible tells us every person who received Christ, every person who put their trust and committed their life to him, God brings them into relationship of father and son. What a tremendous thing today. If you're here and you're not a Christian, or here and you've never ever thought about such things, for you to make a decision that you will respond to God your father. He's calling into relationship with him. In the story here, we saw how the, the father had to speak words and remind the young boy of who he was. And the words he spoke at the end are actually covenant words. I am your father, and you will be my son again. These same words are written in the Bible, very same words, where God says this, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. It's the language of covenant of a God who loves people and wants us to come into relationship with him. What it requires is a choice, a decision, to put your trust in Jesus Christ. I wonder if we can close our eyes right now. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. Just reflect and think. This is your personal decision. You can see this tremendous joy, tremendous life, that there are people here and they, they love God, and that's what you're feeling in this place. But as we've been sharing this morning in various kind of ways and celebrating life and fatherhood and having a lot of fun together, it really comes down to this one decision. Will you make a response to Father God in heaven who is reaching out to you today? Your life is held prison by all kinds of things you don't like. Perhaps there's addictions, perhaps there's areas of struggle personally in your life, areas you're ashamed of, like this young man. The father said to him, they made you do bad things, but you're not a bad boy. See, maybe you've done things you're ashamed of. God has made a way for you to be restored. It just requires that you say yes. In the story there, the, the boy was holding a gun, pointing at his father, a sign of the hostility and anger and confusion he had. The one who'd come to reach out to him, he was now actually about to kill. This is exactly what it was like. God came into this world in the person of Jesus Christ, and people turned on him. Perhaps today you're in the same place that boy was, place of confusion, uncertainty, 
place of doubt about the future, about eternity. Today, God is reaching out to remind you He is God. He is the Father. And He's inviting you into a relationship with Him. All that's required is you make a personal response and say, yes, I will respond to my Father in heaven calling me. I will receive Jesus Christ. To everyone who received him, he gave power to be a child of God. What's stopping you doing that right now? I think you should do it right now. Make that decision. I'm going to become connected to God, to a source of life. Maybe some of you have really suffered in family life and you haven't had a father anything like what I said. Nevertheless, God is that kind of father. And he can be that to you. He believes in you, has a destiny for you. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to confront issues. He wants to help you and warn you about things that would hurt you. He believes in you. What's stopping you responding today? On every person right now who's at that place of decision, yes, I want to become a Christian, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ and become connected to God. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I'm ready to make that decision. Raise your hand. Just let me know. Maybe your first time here. It doesn't matter. You've probably been thinking about these issues anyway. Today you find yourself here in this meeting. It's your opportunity to make a decision to say yes to God and make God your father. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. God bless. See the hand down the back there. Is anyone else? Any other person? I know there's others. You're wrestling with it right now. Perhaps you feel inside quite agitated. Why don't you just say yes to God? I remember being in a meeting like this and I held on to the seat. I was so scared. Then I did another two years of hard time. Later on, I thought, why, why did I not just respond when God was drawing me? Why did I draw the pain out another two years? Any person here? There's one over the back there. Anyone else? Yes, I want to receive Jesus. I want to open my life to God today. God bless see the hand there. God loves you. I see the hand over there. God bless you. God loves you. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. Jesus made known what he's like. He's a good father. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? The sense is still a couple more. Just weighing up that decision. Just give you a little longer. Just want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. I'm going to my life to Jesus. God bless. Someone else? Someone else? anyone else one more person one more person God bless thank you sir okay this is what we're going to do now Bible says that when a person repents turns away from a life without God and comes back to him all of heaven rejoices and so what we're going to do is this I want you just to listen now on the count of three everyone's going to stand up we're going to give a great clap and celebrate people coming to know Jesus Christ